Hello, friends. Welcome to Originality Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Dalton. And today, Amanda is not joining me. Sad. No, Amanda. Um, Amanda had a very important event that she had to attend with her parents, uh, who are extras in the movie, which is super fun. So fun. And um, we, I did not plan ahead as much as I should have, so we had to record the episode. <laughs> but I am so excited to introduce you guys to the most wonderful friends, Franco and Bethany. Hi. I, I, Franco. Franco and Bethany. Franco. <laughs> yeah. That got really awkward. Franco. So you're like, wait like, a second. Wait, no, wait. Jonathan <laughs> That's and so Bethany. That's so funny. I, uh, people don't, it's because like, in, I introduce myself as Franco, so it's. Yeah, it's a I, staple. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, I lost the Franco sentence. Franco Franco. So the fr- Franco Franco. That's, <laughs> oh, um, that's it. But uh yes, Amanda will be back next week. We miss you, Amanda. We have a mic even set up for you, so yeah. it's like you were ghost. meant to be here. Yep. She was honestly, she was so disappointed to not be able to do this episode because she listens to y'all's podcast too, and she's so integral to yours too. I love the growth mm-hmm. of her being on there. So yeah, just, mm-hmm. yeah, we we do miss you dearly, Amanda. Yes, yeah. my heart. It's fine. <laughs> I'll be fine. Um, but yes, so we have finished the type series of doing our first round of interviews of each Enneagram type. And now I'm kind of just going with the spirit and mm-hmm. however the Lord leads me uh, to record episodes and interview people that the Lord, I feel like the Lord's putting on my heart. Um, I'm scheduling people for interviews and I have some really great teaching coming up, but nice. we're doing something kind of different, which it's, it's a little less scheduled and structured than what I'm used to, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like the Lord's in it and I'm really excited about it. So guys, these friends that I have <laughs> with me today are so incredible. They are some of the most like interesting people, like genuinely interesting people in my life. <laughs> like uh, they are an Enneagram type eight mm-hmm. in a four. Yes. And if you know eights and fours, you know, that's just a lot of intensity <laughs> in one couple yep. and a lot of passion. And I cannot wait to dive into it. And for my first couple on the podcast, like who better wow. than Franco and Bethany? We're the first couple. That's crazy. Wow, what an honor. And by the way, you helped me, just as a side note, you helped me to discover I was actually an eight just because when I actually got to a healthy place in Texas, I'm like, wait a second. These are all things I do, and like none of them pointed towards a four. I'm just really passionate, which is yeah, yeah, a whole and maybe an emotional thing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that uh, you have come to the conclusion that you are an eight and not a four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, a lot of people are. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> a yes. lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah, we had. I remember there was a lunch. Uh, John and I sat down with y'all for lunch, and I was asking questions about uh, your relationship because mm-hmm. you were both fours. And like the more you talked, the more I was like, "Well, like, are you sure you're not a eight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that Chipotle. <laughs> yes, it was a Chipotle before and, it went downhill. So that's was it was a good spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Franco and Bethany are both incredible musicians in their own right and artists in just so many ways and like not just like music artists, but they're just creative, like creativity coming out their eyeballs. Like it's just so much a part of who you are. They're amazing podcasters. I love your show. I'm such a fan of your podcast. Mm -hmm. We're a fan of yours. (laughs) 
and um, just such fun, interesting people. So why don't you guys um, just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, where people can find you, and yeah, and then we'll dive into the Enneagram. Okay, here we go. You want to start us off? Well, you know what we should do? We should answer for each other. Um, Who you are, I'm, what you do. But so this you, is, you this say is... the wrong things about me. That's why I'm like, I don't know how I feel. Okay, go. You go for me. Okay, so Franco is a guy. He loves anime. <laughs> oh, that's not what I would lead with. Okay, he going. loves anime. He loves Muay Thai. He like hits the bag all the time. Um, he loves, what else do you love? Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> she literally said we are creative artists and you say I love anime. Oh, you love metal? And you, and then you're stuck. Okay, just He's in a metal band. It's great. <laughs> okay. Um, who you are, what you do. He is my husband. Okay, and- <laughs> so thank you so much, Bethany, by the way, guys. So just, we'll do me some of the time. Bethany, my beautiful wife, is, she moved to Texas now about two years ago in 2019 with me, right? So it's been about two years now? Um, Yeah. Two, gosh, Texas time flies Maybe by. Maybe two and a half. Maybe two and a half, right. She came from studying abroad in Hillsong College, came over here. Um, she studied worship and she is a musician. So she has House of Figs as her current stuff. She has about three singles out. Well, two songs and, and guys, one remix. Okay. Let's just talk about House of Figs for a second. Yes. Oh, gosh. Guys. <laughs> um, so did Forest Fire come out like beginning of last year? It came out in 2019. Yeah, the end of 2019. End of 2019. So I had a playlist when COVID hit of like five songs I just played on repeat for like three weeks. And Forest Fire was in that mix. And I became like obsessed with that song. It is so good. And at first, like I'll admit, the first time I listened to it, I was like, and I really like Bethany, but like, I yeah, just don't yeah. get it. Like, because <laughs> yeah. like, it's just like, it was not like what I would have considered my thing. Yeah. But like, the more I listened to it, the more I was like, this is so this Well, you know, what's interesting so too that good. I'd like to add about Bethany is that, you know, House of Figs, which by the way, we're working on ways that she can perform live with all this stuff. So it's really exciting. But she has always been her doing her best to be herself uniquely in her music which sometimes is harder with trying to get yourself out there with learning who you want to be but i love that song because it pulled from deep parts of um you know a bonnie bear and, and who's the other lady um Imo- Im- Heap, something like maybe you said it better than i did sorry if i butchered that name i but, actually never heard of her until i made the song right but i mean <laughs> what i'm saying is that like the way that she wanted to go wasn't necessarily the way that everybody goes off first with like a really beautiful polished like you know pop song or indie yeah. song it just was what you felt you wanted to write that song and mm-hmm. Fun fact, even about Forest Fires, that I went through like five revisions. It was at first a little dinky, like acoustic, like Taylor Swift type of song, and it became mm-hmm. what it is now. And I think it's beautiful. So she's an artist in that right. Uh, she loves puppies. We have a new little <laughs> mini dachshund who hopefully doesn't bark during this because I'll get so mad. And what else do you like to do outside of that? We've got her playing Smash Bros. But um, apart from I that, I like to produce. She likes to produce, yes, which is why we have our own podcast at Keep the Conversation Going Podcast. Way too long of a name. But Bethany loves to produce. She loves music on the back end of side and she loves audio. So she just loves doing anything production wise to help the local artists or people who are also trying to aspire to start their own podcast and have a voice and they want to say something. Yeah, that's it. What? That was two questions. No. So yeah. So that was just introducing yourself, who you are, what you do. I think, you know, so you have a metal band called... Mm-hmm. Moth Alter. Thank you so much, Jesse. Was that so hard, Bethany? I said you're in a metal band. <laughs> yeah, my band is called Moth Alter. Uh, we started, honestly, I started back up in 2019. Felt God tell me to come back to the metal scene. 
just slowly found random producers that I knew in Arizona said, help me write music. We did. And outside of that, we are a full outfit now. And we just really, really, really admire heavy, aggressive music in those types of scenes and dark places and just spreading the light of Jesus. It's crazy, but it's so doable and it's fun. I've always liked things like that, which is why Bethany mentioned, I love Muay Thai. I do. I grew up doing mixed martial arts. I've always had a really aggressive lifestyle and it's, it's great to know I can still do those things like, you know, pursue metal, be good at it, pursue, you know, fighting, whether it be coach wise or just teaching and be good at those two things. And it, mm-hmm. it makes me feel fulfilled. I love it. I love you guys. I love just like your dynamic is just, it brings me joy. And I just really? love like the ways that you balance one another out and also like intensify one another. Like mm-hmm. you bring out the best in each other. You guys just, you glow the love of Jesus and you care mm-hmm. about people so deeply. And you have all these beautiful ways that you express that. But just the way that you do that together is breathtaking. Just, mm. I love it. Thank you, Jess. Thanks, Jess. Um, so let's get into... Let's do it. The Enneagram. So how did you first learn about the Enneagram mm. and uh, figure out your type? We kind of already talked about that a little bit. Right. But yes. um, just more of a more thorough overview of how, how did you come across this yeah. thing? I was obsessed with the 16 personalities test when I was 18. Yeah, Myers-Briggs. And I... I was too. Yeah. I like everybody that I knew, I asked what they were. And if they didn't know, I would make them take the test. And then um, everybody at some point at my Bible college knew what they were. And then all of a sudden, this was like 2017, 2018. And then... All of a sudden, people were starting to talk about the Enneagram like a little bit. And I started, because at that point, I had like wrung out everything I could get from the Myers-Briggs. And so I started researching Enneagram and took the test. And then same thing. I started asking everybody. <laughs> yeah, But yeah. that one, I feel like took, like snowballed more. And there mm. was a lot more, there's like a lot more podcasts on it. And then a lot more Instagram accounts on it. And I became obsessed yeah. with it because it was like so much more specific to me mm-hmm. than because there's how many, 81 subtypes or something oh, gosh. like that. I've done the math. It was over 400. It was like 400, oh my gosh. 462 variations Dang. or something. There's subtypes, 27 mm-hmm. subtypes, um, tri-types. There's 27 tri-types. Oh. And then wow. when you include wings and when you include... Growth path, stress path, and varying levels of connection Gosh. to that. And then, and like, and then you just have, and that's not even including like other personality assessments yeah. uh-huh. and like the huge variation when you include other personality assessments into it. But just within the Enneagram, there's so, there's such a huge, so much. huge number of variations. And um, yeah, continue. Yeah. So it was a lot more like specific, the fact mm-hmm. that there's that many. I, I'm a four wing three. And every time I have taken the test, I wanted to be something different. And every time <laughs> I've like read into it, I wanted to be something different. But then it just always was four wing three and so specific to me. And so, yeah, that's how I got into it. So I got into it because I started talking to Bethany and she's like, ah. what type are you? And I'm like, I don't freaking care. Dude. <laughs> so I, I ran through the test um, as we alluded to a little bit earlier. I got four. It's like, great. Took it again sometime later and then got four again. So I'm like, okay, four twice in a span of like a year. Then I have to be four. This is the way it is. 
I didn't care to do it myself until talking to Bethany. And in that same time, though, I was doing a lot more introspection about, you know, how, how did I grow up? What was I really feeling? And then really realizing a lot of my environmental situations are what caused me to be emotional. But I didn't really tap into those until I was way well into my later, like middle 20s, you know. And so because of that, I'm like, well, I guess I have to be four if I'm feeling all this stuff. But then when you when I began to unwind as the years go by, now being, you know, 2018, 19, 20, 21 in these latter years of my life, that's when the eight started coming out because I got to kind of healthily be myself, both in the emotion, but also in the intensity, which are the best yeah. parts about me, you know. But that's how I found out about it was through Bethany made me take the test, which she said, like, you take Myers-Briggs on a bunch of random you can go on BuzzFeed and take, oh, what kind of dish soap are you? What's your superhero? Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of Christmas light are you? What does that even mean? Let's do it. You know what I mean? You go yeah. through them. But with one like this, if you take the time to, which I did, and I, you know, became an eight sometime, you know, four months ago, I think I retook it. And that's me at kind of my healthiest. In the middle of that, I really realized this helps me, you know, put onto paper, which is something that I need to kind of figure out what I am or am not feeling. Okay, so let's dig into that. What what do you mean by I am or am not feeling? Uh, so I think a lot of times for me, a lot of things that I want to do are often backed by passion, which I think is a key word for me. But in that passion, it could be um, maybe too much severity, maybe too much sternness, maybe too much aggression. And what I mean is I need to understand if the aggression I'm feeling is okay for that type of emotional response, the meaning is aggression needed in this moment. Even if it's not, I need to know that in some way, shape or form, I can let that aggression out in a healthy way. Mm. So for me, the worst thing to do, which has been is like, you need to push the aggression out elsewhere. And if I push it elsewhere, I won't deal with it. But the opposite to that, when we try to like, you know, reciprocate and try to come on the other side, I thought I need to just push the aggression to the forefront, which is really alarming to a lot of people Mm -hmm. (laughs) just in life, you know? And so I need to know is the base thing that I'm feeling aggression? No. Then what's the base thing? Are you sad? Okay. Do you need aggression when you're sad? No. Okay. Then feel sad and you need to know that you don't need aggression right now. Or Mm. are you upset? Yes. Why are you upset? Because I don't know. I talked to my mom today. Okay. Well then tell your wife about your mom and then go be pissed off on the bag. Sorry. Go be mad on the bag for about an hour and a half. And then you will healthily let that aggression out. Is it actually Mm. needed for that moment? Because sometimes I think I'll just blanket aggression because I know I can be intimidating. I know people will give me my space and that's sometimes not a good thing for me. (laughs) Man, that's so insightful. So what I'm hearing you say is that as you learned about the Enneagram 8 and realizing that that was your type, that it almost gave you permission to navigate your aggression and anger in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Whereas before you weren't as able to identify its role in your life as a motivator. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of helped you be able to navigate that more intentionally. It does because Mm -hmm. even Bethany can attest to this. Like there are moments I, you don't, I don't need to anything to happen right now. I can just be mad and turn it on just because, right? Yeah. Like, it's just how I live. Like, I could be making bread and I'm like, this bread's not working. Ah! And I'm just getting mad. And I'm like, oh, I love this. This is amazing. But I needed yeah. to know that I don't need to deny that part of me. It is very integral to mm-hmm. my whole DNA and how God created me. And oftentimes, I think definitely in Christianity, we're like, men just need to be like loving, like little like pushovers and like, you know, wear tucked in shirts with cool earrings. And we just know all need to look nice. I'm like, no, what if I want, what? The Lord's a warrior. Why can't I tap into being a warrior too? That's how I feel. I'm mm. born. I wasn't raised. 
on, I think, 90% of our congregation anyway. So there's already a contrasting difference to that. So I needed to know it was okay. And it wasn't that four couldn't do that, but four laid into helping me grieve as far as connecting yeah. with your emotions. All of them can help you connect, but four, you know, really highlights on those those types of wavelengths. I needed to know that a passion and aggression and anger can be justified as far as doing it through the lens of the Lord. But I didn't think about that until I went through, you know, you guys were both talking about wings, you know, you know, I think I have wings seven and nine. I'm not sure which one I lean the most to, but for me in those moments, I knew that I had to understand in the middle of this aggression, it's okay to have that. But how can I still keep the honest intensity of the passion and not be so aggressive to people just maybe living. Sometimes I carry the aggression on my face. People are like, well, Franco's pissed today. And they go, hey, how are you feeling? I'm like, I'm great, you know? And they're like, oh, so I guess he's not angry, you know? Mm-hmm. But I have to sometimes be aware of those types of things. Not in a bad way. It's just for who I am. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I need to be aware of. So I needed to be made aware of that. Yeah. And I wasn't for a really long time. Yeah, I've, I've met so many type eights that or coached type eights who they will talk about how they have recognized over time that they come across as intimidating to people when they have absolutely like no intention <laughs> yeah. of coming across t- intimidating. Like I have a friend um, and she'll talk about how she just turns down the grocery aisle and, and, and then like <laughs> oh, people kind of like cower yeah. away in fear, like, Oh, okay. I'll get out of your way. Like, and she's like, no, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. that's like, you. <laughs> okay. Bethany. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I want to, I want to touch on, um, just there's something so powerful about what you said about um, how the season where you were learning about the four, that the Lord used that to mm-hmm. lean into the healing work that he was doing mm-hmm. in your life. There is nothing wrong with mistyping. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we all have all the types in us to some level, to some extent, yeah. but God can use, there, there are themes in learning about all of the types that can bring about self-awareness and our behaviors that can, um, it's as you learn about a type, you're starting to observe your own behavior and your own motivations and it's helping you reflect more thoroughly. And Mm -hmm. if you, you know, type is one type and for a season you're learning about that and you are very similar to that, but it's something's not quite, it's not quite you. And then over time you're growing, you're changing as a person yeah. Yeah. and then you realize, oh no, I'm actually this type. Mm-hmm. There is no shame over that. Like God yeah. used that for a season. And when I wrote and recorded the the episodes on each type last year, right. Um, I, I did a deep dive learning all of the types, did a ton of research and collected, just kind of synthesized information yeah. from yeah. all these different teachers. And every time I did, I was really focused on one type. I had to evaluate, wait, am I this type? And, and, and I, I had a moment where I was like, whoa, I see these things in my life and yeah. the Lord used it. And literally every That's single so one. Cool. Um, I, I relate the least to type four and type nine, but <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I still, there are things about fours and things about nines that in learning about those types mm-hmm. that it brings um, health and awareness to my life. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I have a follow-up question with that. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to typology. Mm-hmm. And they said that you, like, you're born with a type. Like, that was part of their teaching. As in, like, you can't change. What are your thoughts? Okay, so... Good question. I have so many thoughts on this. <laughs> I, 
at the end of the day, I'm going to hold to the fact that we don't know. Um, but, uh, like we, this is something we, we don't understand ourselves well, Mm. (laughs) like to know whether or not that's true. Now, the philosophy that I tend to lean towards is that you were born with a bent towards a certain type and life experiences affirms that. So, um, I'll just talk about me as an example. Yeah. Because that's what I have in the room right now. It's fine. Um, <laughs> seven's getting vulnerable over here. <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> um, for me as a seven, I was naturally, I had a natural joy and I, I loved being around people, even from infancy. Uh, over time, life wounding became where I had to care for the emotions of others. And I didn't have the support that I needed to help me manage my own pain and process my own pain. Mm. So I coped with that by dreaming of the future Mm -hmm. and retreating into my brain and creating a whole other world inside my head. And so personality, IV personality is there's this core of who you are and it's, it's like personality is the structure built around that and how the world interacts with you. And so what happens a lot of times is people, you'll rub up against somebody else and the personality structure of you catches on on their personality and they perceive you a certain way. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wait, but that's not me Mm -hmm. at my core. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Why are you perceiving me this way? That's not who I am. Yeah. And that's the benefit of growing in self-awareness, learning personality, because it's putting words to aspects of behaviors and coping mechanisms that you've built to protect yourself that you don't even realize you're doing. And it's not really true to who God's created you to be and even who you know yourself to be. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's really good. Whoa. Yeah, I I kind of like, I tend to subscribe to that too, because it is that part of, and and all of us, I think, have siblings. And so you can, you, two people can grow up in the same house and not be the same whatsoever. Um, Mm -hmm. I just talked, we talked briefly about, you know, how I have like group fighting. My brother is twice as athletic as I am. He's taller than I am. He's stronger than I am. He is a huge pacifist. Every time there'd be a confrontation Mm. in the room, he would shut down to like, he would start crying or like as a grown man, just like he just couldn't handle it. But uh, he pro football, not pro, but a college football player, collegiate swimmer, left all that for the culinary arts. But it was interesting because we would often talk about how, we grew up in the same exact household and we viewed the world so differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think, I, th- I don't know, like, can you, we say for, definitively we're born a certain way? Well, the only thing I know is that we're born sinners in Christ. We're made new in Christ. Outside of that, I don't know mm-hmm. that we are within ourselves knowledgeable enough or, you know, to know the answers, I think, of life. That's that's why we have a creator. That's how, like, how I kind of feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question, I do believe that, God created us unique um, to reveal an aspect of Mm -hmm. His image that nobody else does. But within this beautiful framework of there's all these similarities between us that we can relate to, and yet we're still completely unique as Mm -hmm. individual humans. Mm -hmm. So I think it's beautiful that God created within our framework an ability to relate to one another. There's similarities, there's patterns of personality, and that helps us understand one another, understand where each person's coming from, and be able to relate to one another and communicate better. But that does not take away from the fact 
that we are all completely unique and created in God's image and represent right. an absolutely unique aspect of who he is. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I believe we're born with our personality. We're born with way more than personality. Yeah. Uh, I, we're born with a propensity towards personality mm-hmm. and personality is then affirmed and then built upon there's it's the the personality is the it's how the world uh how the world comes in contact with you so hmm. how you're representing yourself right. to the world around you so whether that's, that's positive or negative um and whether that is true to who you are at your core or mm-hmm. if it's coping mechanisms or wounding or, or ways that you've learned to defend yourself or put walls up or however, however that comes across, it's how the world is experiencing you. Yeah. And a lot of times we, we don't understand <laughs> yeah. how the world experiences us. Yeah. That's so true. And so personality gives us the ability to put language to that structure and then go on a journey with the Holy Spirit to pull it apart, to become fully who God has called and created mm-hmm. us to be mm-hmm. and to represent ourselves holy um, as who we really are. Um, and that doesn't mean that you're just completely 100% vulnerable all the time. Right. Yeah. But you have the, you are empowered to represent yourself in an intentional way mm-hmm. as who you know yourself to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm listening to an audiobook because you have like <laughs> such... Live audiobook. Yeah. Such knowledge, oh, big thanks. words. Like you clearly like know what you're talking about. Um, I also like... There's so much, you've probably heard about this so much, but there's so much like backlash to the Enneagram in the church and everything you're saying is like affirming how much of a tool it can be used. It's not like, it's not just this like pagan thing. And yes, there's like something that somebody abused it, right? Yeah. Somebody abused it and that's why it has that bad uh, connotation. Yeah. Yeah. But it's such a beautiful tool. Like you get to know the Lord more. If you use it correctly, you get to know the Lord more. And that's like, yeah. that's the whole point. Yeah. That's all I keep hearing, which is yeah, like so good. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that you brought that up and I love that that's what you're hearing in it. I 100% want to respect, like if somebody has a conviction that they don't have peace about learning about something because of its history, like yeah. I'm going to respect that and I'm going to love that person. And I'm I'm not, like my train is not hitched to the Enneagram. My train is hitched to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like God has changed my life through the Enneagram Wow. and growing in self-awareness and growing and having a path forward to clearly see like, oh, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing and this is what I need to do to grow in this area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're right. So many people definitely tend to be negative at viewing the Enneagram and how it could work in the lens of Christ and they focus so much on the demonic routes. I One, I thought we have a God who can infiltrate those demonic things and bring it for his good. And two, if we understand that this is a tool to use by which we choose to live on this earth... Why is it that we don't view people who have been abused as then now derogatory and not able to be used by God? Because mm. if the Enneagram, like worship, like church, like like manipulation, like, you know, entitlement, all the things we've been talking about and that you talk about on the podcast, if all those things have been manipulated and contorted and, and um, perverted in some way, if we are willing to accept that we can actually change and be used for God, then we have to accept that tools can be used for him too. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm in the wrong scene that has demonic roots when it comes to music. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I believe in a God who's bigger than that. So you're right. Nobody can 
we cannot force people to um, want to learn about this if it's a deep conviction, but you cannot be mad at someone for pursuing what they feel God is calling you to do because at the end of the day, if you're pursuing it or not, or what your, whatever your convictions are, you were held accountable to God for what you did or didn't mm-hmm. say yes to, which is why we're all on this journey. I think it's why doing this podcast is so important, to be honest, is we get to break those apart and see what we can learn. Maybe there are going to be people, you know, who will never listen to it, but they're still going to love you. And that's okay too, you know, but you know, you're still supposed to be doing this right now in this current season. Yeah. So good. Ah, so good. Okay. So back into Enneagram, your Enneagram types. Uh, I, you guys have now been married a little over a year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to know how the Enneagram has played into that first year of marriage, mm. kind of navigating a new dynamic, living life together, yeah. sharing a space. I, you know, I was reading up on the four and eight relationship in preparation for this. And there's just, there's so many beautiful things about a four and eight relationship. It has the most potential to be the most creative, but mm. it's also so intense and mm-hmm. has the most potential for like really <laughs> yep. intense conflict yep. and really intense misunderstanding. Yep. And I I want to hear about how in learning the Enneagram, knowing it as you've navigated this first year of marriage, yeah. what does that look like for you guys? <laughs> well, okay. So there is an instance this week. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and um, I hope this is okay. I'm sharing this story, but... Uh, you're probably going to share embarrassing stories of me anyways, so it's okay. But... We were just, we were cleaning the house and Franco was doing the dishes and he left the water on like to heat it up. But I was like, why are you leaving the water on? And I turned it off and um, there's like three seconds of silence and just the loudest slam on the cookie pan. Like just Franco making his like, his voice heard like, don't tell me to shut the water off because he was like, he was heating the water. So he felt so misunderstood and annoyed at me that... I asked him, or that I just shut the water off without asking him. But obviously, it had led up to that. Like, we were cleaning the house. I kept asking him to do things. She's a Nazi and so when she cleans. He was, yeah. So his an irritation was getting built up more and more and more. But I had no idea that was going to happen, the loudness. And I had to be like, don't do that. That was really aggressive and scary. <laughs> and, like, I've gotten to the point, like, over this year where I understand, like, you just are, you, like, <laughs> are aggressive, and it's it actually is, like, part of who you are, and, like, being strong, and all these things, you can like, describe more, like, what that aggression is, and, like, why you have that, like, why the Lord gave you that, but I had to really learn to, like, not be afraid of it, but also to confront when it's, like, not okay, Right? Because right. I, f- I am feeling everything. Like, I'm feeling every single emotion, and that's the biggest thing about the four that I hate because I can't get away from it. Um, but every single, like, emotion that can be felt, I feel. And so in that moment, I just wanted to cry. <laughs> but you, like, you weren't trying to hurt me. You were just, like, making your anger or whatever you were feeling, you were making it, like, be felt, you know? Does yeah. that make sense? The problem is I already told her why the water was on. She just didn't remember. And right now she's going to tell you to a T. No, you didn't. I can't remember. And then that's going to make me a liar. 
which I didn't lie because I, for, for a fact, told her why I was heating it up because inside the pan, it was sticky because she left the dish there for over a, a whole day. Mm-hmm. Got to have hot water to do that. For a fact, she will tell, did I tell you that I turned the water on? Yeah, high? I don't remember that. 100%. But <laughs> she's so sold out on that fact. So then I'm like, yeah. you're not listening to me. You're going to believe I'm a liar. And if you know anything about Bethany Royer, if you're a liar, you're the devil. So already now there's three things wrong with the whole situation. So I'm mad that you turn off the water because I'm trying just to wash this dish. And I know it's not going to go great. So I meet it right away with aggression, (laughs) which is not a good response. You, Bethany, were talking about how this year you learned a lot about how God has created Franco Mm -hmm. to have strong anger and that that's that is a part of the way that God has wired you. That's a mm-hmm. part. There, there's a purpose to that. The the type eight's anger is really close to the surface, and so that's what's easy easily accessible. So mm-hmm. anytime you feel anything, you mm-hmm. go to anger first because yes. that's that's what's right there. Yeah. So in your marriage, yeah, where you have Franco, who is very quick to like intense aggression and Bethany who's very quick to take things very personally, very Mm -hmm. sensitive to criticism, very, very emotional. And her, what's right under the surface for you is sadness. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're quick to grab. Yeah. And that's not as externally visible. Mm -hmm. And for, for Franco, who is an eight, eights are all about, we're talking about some, we've talked a lot about the negative of the eights are some of the most empowering people on the face of the Mm -hmm. planet. They fight for other people. Their fight is not Mm -hmm. without purpose. They want to see others be all that God has created them to be, do all the things that is in like in their heart, dreams, visions. They are, they have a strength of capacity to accomplish, mm-hmm. but they are so empowering of others in doing those in doing the things that they want to do. Yeah. And so I'm sure for you, anytime you see her triggered with sadness, period, you are like, how can I help get you out Just, of that yeah, like, so you yeah, can yeah, be exactly. all that God's created and you to be? Like, oh, I want to sit here and just cry. And anytime you feel pushed. <laughs> Anytime Bethany feels pushed in any way whatsoever, mm-hmm. you shut down. Yeah. And your most natural thing is to push and to challenge Franco. Oh, 100% it is. And so what I'm guessing happens a lot is you get triggered by his, whatever aggression comes to the surface of her, whatever thing. I can change her mood if I'm too aggressive in an instant. Like mm-hmm. it's extremely noticeable, especially with Bethany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anytime you feel triggered by his anger, then you drop into sadness. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll express it to him and sometimes you won't. And then it could be like a day or two of like just kind of sitting in the sadness. Like, hey, sadness, I I feel this way, but I don't really know why. And then... That's where it's different. Like, Okay, tell me about that. I So we will never... Something about us um, is if we're feeling one way towards each other, like anger or annoyance, it doesn't wait. Like it, it's immediately noticeable. Yeah, we learned that through marriage counseling though. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. No, we did. We talked about that with the reins. Well, actually, I think it's because you, you can't let things go. Like, <laughs> like for me. That is part of it. For me, I'm like, I want to leave the house and just like, 
take my mind off this. But so maybe for you, if you weren't married to an eight, yeah, you may you may have processed things that way yeah. and taken a couple of days to process and figure out how you feel and let it kind of boil into you know something, something that that you could kind of flesh out a little bit more. But he doesn't let me. But mm-hmm. he doesn't let you do that, which is good. Eights are impatient, and <laughs> and you again. You want Bethany to be all that God has called and created her to be, and that sadness is not serving her well. Mm -hmm. So you want to get her out of that. So what does that look like for you and your relationship? Mm. So I think that for me, it it, a lot of it is learning that responsibility. I think my wife helped me see the most of how much I can affect people. And I'm going to say, just because it's true, but like, I learned more on how I affect males as well. I only thought it would be females who were scared or before I was married or were attracted to what, you know, whatever you want, would want to call it just how I was. But I learned in the past year, a lot of people like whether they're, they're peers, older or younger, and just seeing how even through males, like there'll be times I wouldn't recognize when a man in proximity was scared of me or intimidated by me or anything. But if Bethany was next to me, she would tell me and I'm like, no, shut up. There's no way. And, you know, maybe an hour or two later when we really sit down and think about it, I'm like, holy crap, I, I intimidated that guy the entire time. And I actually wouldn't be aware of how many people around me could so quickly be changed by what I'm doing. Now, the other side of that is Bethany gets that tenfold because when you come home through the door, it's like, this is my sanctuary that now it's hers too. So if I'm mad about something, I'm really going to be mad about it at home. Or if I want to express something, I'm going to really express that at home. And a lot of times, even if it's not pointed towards Bethany, she will feel the effects and be really, you know, I'm mad. I'm, I'm ranting about someone. And she's like, but we're supposed to like be nice. And then I'll, you know, then I'll go off. Well, why do I want me to be nice? I don't need to be nice. Why do I want to be nice to you? And then, I'll, you know, and then it'll come towards her and then she'll take it a lot deeper. Like, oh my gosh, my husband hates me. But it's the fact that I've had to learn that in my own my own personality and my own passion and my own um, aggression, a lot of people feel it right away. It's something even a spiritual father of mine had said too, where he's like, For, because of who you are, you need to be aware that the way God has wired you, you're not someone who might have the luxury to walk in a room like a Bethany and like, no one's going to know I'm feeling bad. I'll put a smile on. If I'm mad in a room, everybody is going to know it. Even mm-hmm. if I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to tell anyone my demeanor, my face, the energy coming off of me, mm-hmm. all of, all of it's just going to show, you know? And so a lot of times I've done so much more of the, of the, um, of the calling out of things in Bethany being like, why are you so sad? You've been sad for four days. What's going on? But I've never actually, well, I have, you know, over a year, but at the beginning of our marriage, I would never actually empower her to be higher. I would just be like, you're weak right now. Why are you being weak? Be strong. But she's never had someone to teach her how you can be strong, even in the middle of that. So I actually had to learn a lot was, okay, I definitely need to sit down with her and let her feel all these emotions. Let's hug it out. Like you want to cry? Okay, let's cry. You're still crying? Okay, wow. That's way longer than I would have cried. You know what I mean? And she goes more than five seconds. I'm like, you're crying so long. (laughs) That's just because of how I view it. But I actually have had to learn of how to actually empower her by by that part of my personality but it wasn't always easy right yeah and like i brought up like a lot of the negative stuff first but to be honest franco has changed my life like i always talk about how marrying you was like like god knew like i needed someone like you you're gonna cry if i married i know because i'm an (laughs) emotional person um if i married someone with my personality type like like the men I was attracted to before you, I probably would get nothing done in life. I wouldn't have released three singles. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be a manager at a coffee shop. Like I wouldn't be a go-getter. 
and you push me so much. And that's like, that is your personality type to have helped me get through stuff like that. You know what I mean? Also, something interesting is like when we are fighting, I like sink into the emotions and I like cannot get out of it. It takes me like maybe hours, (laughs) maybe a whole day to like finally stop feeling the emotions where you'll like be alone for 10 minutes and you're good. (laughs) yes i'm like okay (laughs) and you like you will separate for 10 minutes you'll come back in the room and it's like nothing ever happened while i'm like thinking like second guessing my whole entire life (laughs) yeah yeah that's true yeah so that's been something like i've been currently learning like how to navigate because i'm like how can you just get over stuff so fast Mm -hmm. and not feel like what i'm feeling it's hard because we we do need to all learn. Like you had also said, Jesse, you don't relate the most to four and nine. There is a time and place for those feelings. And there's a lot of times too where even... I relate the least to four and nine. Sorry, that's, that's yeah. you re- relate the least to those. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we've had to figure out there, there there are times for those to be appropriate. And so with Bethany, like I, I have had to learn that because she feels that intensely, I can't view that in a negative way. I need to learn how to empower the good parts about that. Because mm-hmm. having someone who cries around you all the time, it could get annoying fast. Like she opens the door, it's so sunny outside. It's crying. I'm like, what the heck? You know? <laughs> and, and that, I, and I'm also a girl, so I cry a lot more around like my PMSing days. Okay, we're I'm I'm staying away from Shark Week and all that stuff because it's terrifying <laughs> to me. But <laughs> but that no, I'm not going there. But I, I have had to learn that those emotions are okay from her, and I've had to learn how how much can she feel. That is healthy. And then when should I be a husband, a man, and help show her this is where we can come out the other side? And that has been the hardest part is because of that. Um, you, your husband, I even know because he's, he's my employer. There's a lot of times where my potent, my actual skill is so much higher than I will actually show people. If people can underestimate me in a room, I'm in a good spot because they have no idea how much I really know about something, how skilled, how strong I am, but that doesn't help my wife. So if if there's a way I can help her get out of the sadness that's like, you know, into a depression and I don't show her or tell her or walk her through parts of my life or parts of my routine as a human being and who God's called me to be, then she's never going to learn anything. And I've had to learn to take the responsibility of being myself, of being Franco and leading my wife in those empowering moments. And that's what's yeah. been on the cusp of our marriage now where we have, we generally have a great time. And whenever we are arguing, like Bethany said, we've made the resolution to, okay, if we both know that tonight we are going to end sleeping in the same bed, at least yeah. calmed down until the morning, like reach a piece of a place of unity, then we're doing okay. But it had to take me stepping up and doing it, not just knowing I can get her riled and push all her buttons in under five seconds. She'll do the same, but I'm like, oh, she didn't mean that. Five minutes later, I'm great. And then for three hours, she's like, yeah, it's great. You know what I mean? So it's it yeah. was a really interesting dynamic. I love that. I love that. One, you were both so aware of what your struggles are, mm-hmm. where your blind spots are, mm-hmm. where where what what what's going to trigger one another, what's going to cause conflict in your relationship. But you also see the good in those same things mm-hmm. and champion one another in that. And gosh, that's just so beautiful because if you can see the purpose in it, if you can see the the pieces of that that is who who you who you are and love yeah. that about one another, like you can work through anything and be fine. Mm. You know, no matter how much how much intensity you have or how much you trigger one another. Yeah, yeah, that's and a lot of it 
I don't, this is what you're talking about, about um, not knowing if there's a certain type for people is that we grew up so differently. I mean, I love Jenny and Chris Royer and Hannah Royer. Yeah. Like I love Bethany's family to, to death. I am so thankful that she had that family to grow up on. Seeing the way her dad loves her and loves Jesus to this day is, it's beyond amazing. But one thing we noticed in marriage is that we both reached in our our lifestyles is that we both reached a, a place of what I think whatever it was called in, in uh, whatever marriage thing we did with counseling, but we both had a high resolution, which, which meant like we had the most loyalty and the most ability to stick something out until it was mm. resolved. And we both had that same category score the highest mm-hmm. when we grew up so differently, which is interesting yes. the way you're talking about it. A lot of that's because we built in in our own backgrounds and our ethnic upbringings, our cultural upbringings, our family dynamics somehow came to the same place of we need to get to a place where tomorrow we believe can be better than the day before if it was yeah. terrible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We were, vote, or we placed the least likely to get divorced. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. So no matter how much conflict there is, you guys are so loyal to each other that it doesn't even phase you. You're like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. There's conflict, whatever. There's going to be conflict. We're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we're committed to one another. Mm-hmm. And like, it's easy to talk about it, not being in it, but in the moment I'm feeling like, yeah, yeah, like a whirlwind of like, I'm going to die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I always like deep down know we're not going to, we're not going to get divorced. Like this is not going to break us. But I still f- like it's almost like a temptation of like um, emotions of this is going to end. But I always know that's not like yeah. that's not me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I can still feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So there were multiple things that you guys said that I thought were really interesting. One is you guys talked about how you both process things on such a different timeline. And I think that's such a fascinating topic. We could do a whole podcast episode Mm -hmm. just on how each Enneagram type processes different things on a different timeline. Decision making, emotions, anger specifically, different kinds of emotions. Mm -hmm. Every every personality type is going to process things in a different way, in a different amount of time. And and for eights, eights are so vast to process everything because yeah. they don't, they want to be efficient. They, they're ready to jump into action because that's what they lead with. They, yeah. they process the world through action. Mm-hmm. So you'll figure it out as you move forward, mm-hmm. not as you sit in it. So yeah. whereas fours process the world through their heart. And so you're not, you're not going to be able to take action until you understand it, until you've felt it fully and seen it yes. all the way through. Yes. And so I think that's really interesting and really beautiful that you guys are becoming aware of that in one another and learning to accommodate the different ways that you guys have a, have a, a different timeline to process things on. Mm-hmm. I think that's so fascinating. Yeah. I think, Franco, you were talking about like the energy you give off when you enter a room. Mm-hmm. And this is something I've had to learn as well, being a seven, is mm. I can walk into a room and carry joy and replicate that in the people around me and influence people mm. with joy and energy and enthusiasm. Or if I walk into a room and I'm insecure, that's going to replicate itself as well. Mm-hmm. But as a seven, just being who I am, who God's called me to be, if I'm really walking and who God's created me to be, I'm going to be influencing the people around me mm-hmm. just naturally. And Eights are absolutely like that. Fours, I feel like carry a grace. It's almost like you like you walk into a room and then you invite people into a smaller room. 
Yeah. That's Bethany. Like you're That's making you're making space for people in in small talk conversations. So like you say you walk into church and you walk up to a couple of friends. Yeah. Well, it's not like you're in the bigger space. It's like you mm-hmm. almost create like a living room space and yeah. now you can like have like a safe place for them to process things. Oh, wow. I have been told like if I'm at a place where people don't know each other and then I find a stranger to talk to, um I've been told a lot that, like, I have made them feel safe. And I'm like, I'm so glad. Yeah, like, I feel like you, you, <laughs> create, you create a room around them, which is another interesting dynamic in your relationship. Yeah. Is fours, like, they're kind of territorial about their home. Yes. <laughs> um, they are very much, like, they are all about, like, all the the romanticizing, like happy, feely, cozy, fuzzy, warm, fuzzy feelings. <laughs> like they need as much of that in their home as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And their home is the place for them to cultivate that. And anything that is not warm and fuzzy and romantic and happy does not have a place in their home. <laughs> yes. Which is so interesting. That literally is Lulu the wiener dog. Okay, stop. Like that is her <laughs> the personality. The last thought that I had was Lulu. Well, that's the first thought I had. Okay. And I'm the fourth. <laughs> You're right. And that is where we struggle the absolute most. Yeah. I I think I think the Lord's preparing a, a nice healthy way for me to bring all the things up, but I grew up in the absolute worst, extremely worst home environment you could you could imagine. Whatever you think you could imagine, it was worse. I didn't realize how bad it was till it was Bethany. And then the reigns is our spiritual parents saying, Franco, you had it really, really, really bad. Yeah, I know. It was like that goodwill hunting moment. Like, it's not your fault. And I'm like, I know. Stop saying that. You know what I mean? Until I cry my eyes out. That's what it was like. So my home environment is stale. It's bleak. It doesn't do anything because it's only serving a purpose to close my eyes until I go out into like the real world. It's how I've always viewed it. So Bethany loves cozy everything. And it was the, it's one of the hardest dynamics in our house to keep how we want to invite people in or not, or how much space, space Bethany does or doesn't need, because I don't care if there's 50 people in this house, I can go to sleep. I don't care if there's nobody in this house, I can go to sleep. I don't care like about a lot of things that do with it. And Bethany cares so much about it. And we're not saying like, you know, not the house itself, but it's the actual inside the, the, the feelings. Right. And like, mm-hmm. you know, this being your safe haven. I've had to learn that I can put more of my personality into my home, but a lot of it was a big struggle because how we viewed what was allowed into our house was so different because everywhere that I grew up, it was absolutely not safe until, I mean, I was literally on my own at 15 years old, then, then doing what I wanted to do in my home, which is take any stupid teenage boy who kind of thinks life might be bad, but I have my own place and I can do whatever Mm -hmm. I want. You know what I mean? So it was Mm -hmm. just so different to where Bethany sees that like, I'm still that 15 year old boy with, you know, with like a mattress on the floor and just food, like random food everywhere from dumpsters. Like, oh, this is my home and I'm going to do what I want in it. Where she's, she's wants more structure and more love in the home. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what that looked like at all. So it's actually one of the points we struggle with the most is keeping the, the, the love and the the warmth inside the house, which, Mm -hmm. which has been tough over the, over the year and, and, you know, three, four months. 
Yeah. So for you, home is more the utility, like the utility of it. It's like, this is where I sleep. This is where I eat. Yes. This is where I pass out at the end of the day and watch Netflix. Like, this is, this is what my home is for. And you're just in and out of here. Mm -hmm. Like, you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm here to use what I need here and I'm here to leave. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for her, it's a place of rest (laughs) and creative expression. Yes. And and we've already touched on like, you have such a presence about you Uh and you're going to influence the environment in a positive or a negative way, Mm -hmm. whether you want to or not. And so what, what are you learning to, or what could that look like for you to use that strength of presence in your home to set an environment for your wife. I think I had I had to understand and come to terms with I don't know and have never known what it's like to be in a healthy home. I'm sure mm-hmm. if the Royers ever listen to this, so they'll think, especially Jenny, like there's so many things she did wrong. She's a, a beautiful, amazing woman. I did not know and do not know what it is like to grow up in a home that's loving and to have parents that care, a place that is safe, a place that you could sleep for a solid eight hours and not be scared for your life. I didn't know any of that. So once I came to terms with Bethany does know what it's like to live in a home with love, I had to ask and then listen to her, see how her family ran things and come to that place of, I need to serve her by asking her questions when my entire life, I haven't had to ask anybody questions. I could just probably in some way figure it out. (laughs) I really could. You know what I mean? That's so good. the, The way that I got places with fighting and with metal music I was like, I'm the best vocalist there is. My band's going to make it to the top. We sucked. And then we made it to the top. You yeah. know what I mean? And then we did. And then I, I lost it all and I'm doing it again. You know what I mean? But I, I can't fake anything when those doors close. When the doors close and I'm inside the home, whether I want to, would want to admit it or not, there'd be so many lonely nights as a little boy by yourself in a, a dinky one bedroom apartment where you're like, I guess this is life, you know? And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to deal with those emotions until marrying Bethany. So when she knows what a home is like with love, I had to learn that aggression towards our home is not okay because she knows what it's like to, to be safe and to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, so many things I had to get mad about, I would have to learn she's right in this. Like you, you don't know anything about this. And then over time, there have been ways that I can have been able to empower her of here are all the things that she has told me make her feel loved. And do you know where she got that from? from two beautiful parents that I get to see that have showed her, here's how Bethany and Hannah, you're going to grow up and here's what it's like to feel loved. And I'm like, okay, it's not just Bethany who learned that it's Chris and Jenny too, their parents and and their, you know, so on and so forth. Yes. Everyone has their own, their own getups and, and family, but she learned from a very, very, very healthy family how to feel love in the home. And I'm like, either I can listen to this and act out and slowly begin to do those things until I, a part of my heart awakens or I can just keep it shut off. And it's been slow to happen. I'm still not all the way there yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Like still the home is like, it, it is that place a little bit more over the year because of Bethany, but it really has been, here's what she said love looks like in the home. I have to trust that if the Lord put me in her life to allow her to feel empowered, I have to trust that he put her in my life to help me slow down with the things that I really need to be taught which one of them was, how do you make a loving home, you know? And that's, that process has been empowering her by listening to her, which is the most well, empowering that could happen. It sounds like the Lord is using 
the gift that is inherent to Bethany to cultivate mm-hmm. a safe space for people to teach you how to receive love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's t- there's times, Jess, where she'll touch me and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I just love you. You know what I mean? And it'll actually get yeah. me mad. I'm like, our cap is reached. We've cut off for 10 minutes. Why are you still touching me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And her, she's like, I just want to keep on loving you. It's been, um, mm, how long has it been since we started dating? Like two, three years, two and a half? Two and a half is about, yeah. Two well, and a half. Um, there's a side of Franco that I've been able to see and it's like of the coziest teddy bear. Like, Get away from me. Like, yeah, he'll act like he is not that person, but there's actually a very extremely gushy sweet side. And like, we'll be, I'll be in the other room and he'll just come and be like, what are you doing? Like, I just want to be next to you. I don't care what we're doing as long as we're in the same room. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's becoming. I do, do that a lot now. <laughs> and so he's becoming um, softened. You and know, also cut this part out of Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting, you know, being married to a type A as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I've heard this on other podcasts. There's something about dogs or like like uh, like little children, like innocence that brings out the innocence in an eight mm-hmm. when they feel like it's not safe because they have their guard up with everybody, everything mm-hmm. else. Um like the the virtue of the eight, the thing they're moving towards is innocence, um, and so it's actually so like what you're describing that mm-hmm. that aspect of uh, who Franco is that you see so yeah. clearly. It's actually the innocence that he sees in you has made a safe place to draw out the innocence in him. Look at that, babe. I love you. Love you too. Y'all are so cute. <laughs> oh, stop it. Bethany has been emotional 20 you. times in this podcast, by the way. <laughs> Getting yeah. wrecked. But you That's definitely, good. there was a tear in your eye. There's I no saw tears. it. There's no tears. Don't, and now she's hugging me live. <laughs> I feel invaded already. <laughs> so good. But um, but that's that's so much growth for you. It is. Yeah, it's been a... Uh, even words from our, our our senior pastor at our church to a lot of other people, um, it, yeah, it has been a lot of growth. Yeah, yeah. Just I see the Lord doing such a beautiful work because until you can receive love, it's really it's really difficult to receive the fullness of the grace that we have in Christ Jesus. Yes. And so I just see the Lord through your marriage, like doing such a beautiful healing work in your life, mm-hmm. and. Um, Man, gosh, you're just, you guys are already so powerful. Mm. But as you begin to walk more and more in and being okay with the purest part of your heart, with all the walls down, the teddy bear that that uh, Bethany's describing, and you learn to love that person, mm-hmm. yeah, man, you're going to be unstoppable. Mm. And Bethany, like, I just, it's so, so great that the Lord has put you two together because, frankly, you do empower Bethany so much. Yeah. But, um, and you are an incredibly gifted person. You're incredibly mm-hmm. insightful and intuitive and just love people so clearly, see people so clearly, listen mm-hmm. to people so well, make room for people in such a beautiful way. And, um, yeah, it's like the Lord is like through your marriage, strengthening you against the sensitivity 
that could potentially be your downfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to say like he's toughening up your skin. That's not that because that doesn't create the right imagery. That's not mm-hmm. the, the the goal. It's that um, the the things in you that may tend to be overly sensitive or care too much what others think or or struggle to confront when and and to be able to say hey. Like I want you to to be honest with yourself when you you are processing anger, but that was too far. Mm. There's a strength that is building in you, Bethany, yeah. mm. through your marriage, mm-hmm. and it's so powerful and so beautiful. Mm. Yeah, she has done that a lot. So for her to, I've had a very 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 a very small amount of people be able to call me out and not feel scared while doing that process. Um, one of them is, is, you know, my sister, Justine, like that's why we're so connected. But then to see my wife come from a place where, like she said, has said vocally, she's been scared of me to knowing deep down, I would never hurt her. So I can be bold and use my voice and say, probably thinking the whole time he's going to get mad, but I'm going to say it because I know it's true. And just tell me right there, Mm -hmm. that was not okay at all. And I'm still going to love you, you know? And then for me Mm -hmm. to get so mad. Then 10 minutes later, she still loves me. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, but and you're And it's because right. I've learned like he needs just 10 minutes and he will be fine. So like his anger may feel like it's been building up for 10 years. But actually, oh actually though, it's like it will simmer even though it doesn't yeah. seem like it will. Yeah. So I've like mm-hmm. learned that. This is an interesting episode. <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> back about now yeah, like as we're in the middle of it. But I just mean there is a lot that's been said here. This is why I have to keep doing it because- there's so many conversations that lead to point of people wanting to talk to each other. And I'm not seeing very many tools out there that are getting people that want to talk like this, you know? Yeah. yeah. Gosh, so good. Okay. So last questions. Um, cool. So as in eight married to four, what do you think most people tend to not understand or miss about Bethany? Like, or maybe assume about her as a four. What do, what do people not get about Bethany as a four? I, I think as a four, a lot of people would assume that Bethany can only feel something and not do anything about it. But there mm-hmm. is so much time where weeks after the feelings, I'll come home and whether it be her in the middle of writing a song or going on a run to take care of her health or something, she does have a response, even if it's not as quick as everyone else would like it to be. Obviously, being myself and just other, it's in general, like with fours, you know, she actually does have action. And the misconception mm-hmm. is she's just going to sit there and cry. No, because eventually she does pick herself up and say, you know what? I can change something. I can be a better person. I can mm-hmm. not succumb to that every time. There is actually an action, but because it's not walking at my pace, it's not walking at the pace that we would like as a society. Mm. As peers, who people who know her, she's then overlooked. The second piece is a lot of people believe that her like her like this is a lot more Arizona by the way, not Texas. Shout out Texas, like relax guys. But a, <laughs> a lot of people back in our our home state would often think that she just has her head in the clouds and doesn't know anything. But what I've learned mm. over time is she has her head in the clouds because she is feeling everything that other people aren't able to feel just yet, you know? And so when you're someone who has quicker access to feeling the weight of what, even what God wants to burden you with, it's not easy. When you get burdened right away, it's not like, 
let's all go out and eat friends. You stop and you look at the sky for a few seconds where a few friends might think there she is again, looking at the clouds, but she's only looking to heaven because that's the only response with all the things that she's feeling is to look towards heaven. And those are two, I think of the biggest misconceptions with Bethany. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Just the you, way you've been that, crying. I mean, the way you worded it was, I, that's exactly how I feel. And I don't mm, think I, I would have been able to put that into words. Okay, so Bethany, same question. Yeah. Um, as a four married to an eight, what do you feel like people tend to assume about Franco mm. that's not true or they yeah. misunderstand? or? Yeah. Well, like we talked about, Franco is so passionate and so big on justice for certain things. But his, like, he has a big confidence. So when he walks in a room, like, he is confident. He doesn't care what people think about him. And I think that that can be misunderstood as pride. But mm. in reality, like, he just knows who he is. <laughs> and he's not. it's not pride every time. It's like mm-hmm. he's just so confident in who he is, who his people is, and what he has set out to do that people don't, like, people kind of overlook it. Or they're too afraid to, like, talk to you. You know what I mean? Obviously, like, we are in white Texas and you're Native American. Mm -hmm. And so that is also a different thing. And there's a lot of traditional like mindsets. I've like learned this from you being here. I hope that's okay to say. Yes, absolutely. Please, (laughs) please. Um, So like people just don't understand like where you're coming from. Even there's a fight that we had one time and we, it was like over something really little. I don't even know why we we were fighting, but at the end you cried like, you got to the point of you're so mad that you cried. And I was like, what? Why are you crying? And you were like, you don't understand how much I hate what has happened. And then it ended up being about his people and that, like, his nation has literally been stolen. And, like, there is an anger and there's something that he wants to avenge. avenge. Mm-hmm. And people don't see that. People know it, but, like, they don't really get to see that. And... Like, one day, you will avenge your people, you know? And now you're crying, and what the heck? <laughs> so, yeah. Guys, we had a successful podcast. We all cried. Yeah. Yes. Is that the success? <laughs> That's the success. <laughs> At the very end. Give a few tears. Yeah. Wow, guys. That's so beautiful. It's so beautiful how much um, you just see and love one another so clearly. And I just thank you so much. Like being the first couple to come on the podcast, it's definitely a different dynamic. Yeah. And um, you guys shared so vulnerably and so honestly, and I, I, I'm I, just so grateful. Thank you mm. so much. Thank you for having us on, Jess. We've, we got to watch you when we met back in the past couple days. You, yeah. you and John, you, your husband, keep fighting. We, we know a lot more than a lot of people how hard it is to keep fighting for things that you know you're supposed to do when yeah. it might seem like no one else believes in what you're doing. That's that's why we're happy to be on. We're happy to be your friends outside the podcast. I am happy to know you and your husband apart from anything you guys could ever do for us. And I have a feeling a lot of people who get to know you and Amanda and come on feel the same way because they see the heart and the purpose behind what this is. And that's why... No matter what people think and no matter how many people might have good reasons to be negative about the topic of the Enneagram, what is happening in these rooms Mm -hmm. is worth it. 
every yeah. single time. And you know that. And you know that. So when the episode ends, you know, this is worth it. This is mm. why God has me here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it, it well, makes me and, excited. And I, you know, I, I have seen over and over people struggle in marriage, believers that are mm-hmm. involved in church and love one another so much and have, um, you know, they're thriving in other areas of their life, but they're struggling to communicate. They're struggling to see where the other person is coming from. And they're, they're battling because they're, they're getting tips and tricks and tools from books and different right. curriculums. But um, like what you guys just shared... Hmm is so powerful um, because the authenticity of, yes, we're real people and we have real struggles and we have real fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we actually love each other so much and see each other so clearly, so much so that mm. we were crying over it. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it's so powerful. And um, I, I'm so excited to do more with more, uh, interviews with couples and just being able to, I feel like this is so rich Mm -hmm. for other couples that are this, you know, one of your types or a different, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, different dynamic, but, um, to be able to put application to an understanding of what they're learning about their personality and to be able to actually like utilize that and, and, and help marriages. Like it's Mm -hmm. just so, so core, so, so important. And, um, Gosh, this this episode just brought me so much joy. Thank you so much for even just honoring. Like you guys have seen a hard road that I've walked, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and in choosing to pursue to do the the Enneagram, um, mm. and um, I I I so value that. Thank you for for that. That's really sweet. Yeah, I believe you're going places, and this podcast is so well put together. Like. I don't know if you think that, but I, I'm seeing it. I think it's amazing, and it's going to go places. Thanks. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it for today. I'm so grateful for those who've been listening and sharing the podcast. If you love this episode, if you learned something new, if this ministered to you in some way, leave a review on iTunes, follow us on Instagram at Originality Podcast, and at my personal account at Just Loves Personality, and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I would like to close out our time together with a quote from C.S. Lewis. No man who bothers about originality will ever be original. Whereas if you simply try to tell the truth, you'll become original without ever having noticed it. Until next time. <laughs>